What's up, Magic fans? You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge catch prices up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night, and it's simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there's a, there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up code using THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and now part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony, and today is Friday, July 23rd, which means we are exactly six days away from the NBA draft. What's up, Al? What's going on, man? What is up, Al? You ready? I'm excited. I cannot believe we're only one week away from the draft. It's uh, It feels surreal to me. You you got the good feelings. You got the good vibes. Uh, how are you feeling leading up to you know, less less than a week, man? We, we were stressing out. You know, not too long ago that we were two months away. How are we going to get by? One month away. How are we going to get by? And we're literally less than a week. I remember that us counting down for the lottery. You know, like, hey, four weeks to the lottery, three weeks to the lottery. And here we are, man. Draft is one week away. Free agency is two weeks away. Uh, now all the fun starts for us. I know we, this is the time of the year that we kind of live for. This, the trade deadline, and of course, the games itself. But nothing more fun than the draft and free agency period. Yeah, and a lot has happened since the last time we had our episode. So there, there it's not a fully official yet. Uh, but Nate Tibbetts, we're going to talk a little bit about Nate a little bit later. Um, we're going to talk some Jonathan Kaminga, who just recently practiced or had his workout with the Orlando Magic. Um, and then we're going to break down some some more draft. Um, but before we get into it, you know, it's the season is finally over. The Milwaukee Bucks are your NBA champion. Um, so my question to you, Al, is. Does this mean anything for smaller market teams? You know, this finals was a little different. We got the Phoenix Suns going against the Bucks. The Bucks ended up winning. You have, you know, Giannis, who was drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks, and and the fact that they they won it, like he actually did it with the Bucks. Does that mean anything to you as a fan from you know a small market Orlando Magic? It definitely does. I mean, I think uh it was a win for all, all of us uh, small market teams. You know, the Magic, you think about Memphis, Milwaukee, Indiana. Those are those teams that, again, you always think about small market. No free agents going to go there. And not for nothing, man, but Milwaukee really did it the right way. They drafted Giannis, a guy that nobody expected to be the player that he's become. They developed um, the entire team, really. I mean, Middleton, a guy that nobody really thought of. was a G-leaguer, a guy that was picked in the second round. And look at him. He, he was hitting game-winning shots in the NBA Finals. And then they gave up the entire house to get a guy like Drew Holiday and, and be that piece that they needed to, to to make it all work and take it to the next level. And it had paid off. You know, a lot of us doubted, you know, like what if that trade doesn't work out, they gave up the entire future. 
now they have a ring. It makes it all worth it. Um, so I think, again, you, you have to give credit to them. They did it the right way. And, man, I, I kept telling you this the whole week, but I just wanted Janice to win it. I, I just want I – I kept rooting for the guy. Um, the injury, surviving that scare, and then the way that he performed in the finals. I mean, yesterday from the free throw line, he all of a sudden became Stephen Curry. He, he couldn't miss. Wow. Um, so you got to feel right. I mean, I mean it, it was a, a book-ending story for the Milwaukee Bucks, and congrats to the fans. Um, but what about you? What do you think about the finals, and what do you think that means for small market, market teams? I thought this was a really fun finals. Uh, the, there was a lot of talk early on in the playoffs from other players around the league that weren't in the playoffs saying that this might be one of the most boringest playoffs um, in in recent NBA history. Um, and I thought it was extremely entertaining. Uh, you, you talk about Giannis um, being drafted by Milwaukee, um, playing the last eight years with, with Chris Middleton. They end up you know, trading Eric Bledsoe and and whoever else for, um, you know, Drew Holiday and and they're they're they made their team a lot better to be able to to put themselves in this position. But you take a look at Phoenix and they kind of did the exact same thing. Uh-huh. DeAndre um, DeAndre Ayn, Devin Booker, they bring on CP3. Um, I really I really was rooting more. Um, you know, I, as much as I, I think Giannis is a great guy and I love his story and, and, you know, all of everything about Milwaukee, um, I was rooting for Monty Williams, just him, him as a guy, that dude has gone through so much, uh, losing his wife to to the car accident and, you know, uh, uh, hearing his, if you ever heard his, um, his eulogy that he did for, for his wife at the funeral where he, you know, forgave the, um, the individual who, you know, caused a car accident and and you know ultimately ended up you know his wife passing away you know it's it's really it's heartfelt man and and he was someone that was really really ruined for i i I felt as if he he needed that badly um and and hearing his press conference like afterwards was was heartbreaking um but i i think all in all it's it's a great day for small market teams um and it's it's really because of of the fact that these two teams were in the finals. And then it was what Giannis said immediately after um, during his press conference, where he said, you know, it would have been easy to go somewhere else and and go win a championship with somebody else. He could have went to a super team. Um, It would have been easier to do it that way, but you know, he wanted to do it the hard way and he ended up doing it the hard way. And I think that speaks volumes um, and it, it kind of puts more weight to this championship, in my opinion, Comparing to, and you may not agree because I know you're a little West Coast Golden State Warriors fan, <laughs> um, but the fact that he didn't go join, you know, anybody else, he did it right at home with the team that drafted him, um, and I think that it it speaks volumes and it adds more weight um, in the fact that man, it it makes me feel better that I won this championship, but the fact that I did it at home with the team that drafted me makes it just that much better. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me 100% of Stephen Curry's first ring with the Warriors, you know, before KD joined them. Um, you can say whatever you want about the Warriors, man, but the story is very similar. It's a team that hadn't won in so many years. They hadn't made the playoffs, I think, only once in like 40 years. And then Stephen and Clay and this crew kind of becomes what they've become. And they win that ring in 2015, which nobody expected. Um, and then they became what they became. But I agree. I, I argue this with everybody, you know, you can, you can, Talk to me about the whole KD joining them being kind of an extreme thing. And uh, they became a super team. True. But they did it right too, man. They they drafted those guys, developed them. 
acquired a guy in Nigadala who became a finals MVP. That's not who what people thought he was back then. And yeah, a free agent wanted to go there to play with that team because of how fun they were. That's not illegal. You know, you built that team and 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 demanded um that attention from free agents like Kevin Durant. So I agree. Once he joined, yeah, it became too easy. But the way they did it, it reminds me a lot of what Milwaukee's doing. They drafted guys, developed them, and got them to a point where Milwaukee next season is going to be a destination for ring chasers. You may see guys like Blake Griffin going there, guys like, I don't know, see some veterans signing for the minimum because they may want to go and chase a ring now in Milwaukee. So that's what that creates. And that's when, when Dwight was here. That's how, you know, when they traded for Vince, guys like Jason Williams, guys like Matt Barnes came here. And that's the reason why, because they saw a chance to win. Um, but one thing that really caught my attention in, in the series is the amount of attention from fans watching on TV, the ratings. People kept saying, oh, LeBron's not in the finals. The, the Knicks are not in the finals. Nobody cares. Guess what? The NBA pulled it off. People cared. So yeah. this, tell, this tells you, you don't need those big market teams in there. I get it. People want to see them, especially the media. But fans like you and me, we don't care. We, we love basketball. We're going to watch whoever's playing. Yeah, and it makes you also think about, you know, I wonder how John Hammond felt. Um, you you had to believe that he was rooting endlessly for Giannis. Um, oh, yeah. If you don't know, I'm sure everyone knows it. There's a story about it almost like once every six months. But John Hammond was a general manager that ended up selecting Giannis with a 15 pick. Um, he also played a major role, or not a major role, he ended up trading for, he ended up sending Brandon Jennings over to the Detroit for Chris Middleton. Brandon I and some other guy that I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name, but he made those moves to be able to give Milwaukee, you know, their two major pieces. So you had to imagine that John Hammond was feeling really, really good yesterday, just kind of seeing um, how, you know, the core that he created um, really just kind of flourished through, you know, after eight years, finally being able to get it done. Yeah. I mean, as a Magic fan, you got to hope. That's what's happening here in Orlando right now. We're desperate. We want to see the team win. We've seen some success because, yes, we made the playoffs back-to-back years. But we hope with this rebuild, the pieces that we're acquiring, we all see the potential in these guys that we're acquiring. We see what they're trying to build. Now, if it, if he just clicks, guys like Mobamba become what they are expected to become. Chuma becomes the player that we think he is. RJ Hampton, who grew a few inches already, and that's a huge plus for us. Call Anthony. Like, if all these things work out for us, we could be looking at a magic team with a similar story. Like, Hey, they were nothing. And these guys came in and drafted all these guys, acquire all these pieces and look at them now. So here's hoping that that's what's happening uh, here for the magic. And I made a, I made a comment yesterday that, you know, a lot, half of the people tended to disagree with it, but I'm gonna say it again. Anyways, that in my opinion, Jonathan Isaac is our Giannis. And when I say that, I don't mean that Jonathan Isaac is as skillful as Giannis. I don't say that. Uh, I don't mean that by saying, you know, Giannis and Jonathan Isaac, they're, they're anywhere near the same level or whatever case may be. I do mean that by um, when I say that I believe that Isaac, if he's able to maintain health, I, I believe that he is the anchor of our team. And I feel like we are able to go as far as he's willing to take us or he's able to take us. And I think that in order for this team to be successful, we are able to do that with Jonathan Isaac leading the way. And the fact that he was drafted by Orlando, the fact that, you know, he's now one of the most veteran players on our roster. You know, I, I, I see a lot of similarities 
that really stand out to me. And I still have hopes that he can definitely be, you know, that that player for us one day in the future. Not saying yeah. that is now, I'm not saying that's next season, but you know, eventually you have hope. I mean, one of the things that I thought about when we drafted Janice, uh, Janice, J.I. is that that mold that J.I. has, you know, the length, the the wingspan, the athleticism, the good defensive skills, then just became let's make this guy stronger. Let's build our body now to be NBA, an NBA body. And we're seeing it now. I mean, we saw glimpses of it in the bubble, but man, he looked amazing in that in those few games that he played in the bubble. So yeah, now that we don't have Vooch in town, we don't have AG, we don't have Fournier, you're basically saying to yourself, J.I., you're that guy that we're going to go to and take, you know, 15, 20 shots a game. What would that look like? You know, it, those stats... We saw, we saw a glimpse of that. Like We saw yeah. a glimpse of Jonathan Isaac being super aggressive offensively. You know, and we're not saying that, you know, he he shot amazing, but he was aggressive. He was looking for his own shot. Um, yeah. And I and I think that, you know, it's something to look forward to in the near future because now we're really going to need that, like, badly. Yeah. I mean, you look at his stats next season, and I think most improved is definitely in the conversation for J.I. Because, again, if he's going to take 15 shots a night, let's call, let's call it just that, and draw some fouls, which he can do, I can easily see him averaging 20 points a game. Again, he's going to be the main focus in our offense. He's going to be the go-to guy. He's that face of the franchise right now. So logic, logically, that's what that means in the court. We're going to depend on him to be that guy. And if that's the case, man, uh, those stats are going to look nice for him. That's for sure. Yeah, but enough about Milwaukee. Congratulations to them for winning their first championship in 50 years. Um, if you saw, I mean, I'm sure everyone saw the the amount of fans that were outside um, of of their arena you know, you you really hope as a Magic fan that eventually, you know, the the, the city can really rally around the Orlando Magic um, and one day kind of flood down downtown the exact same way. Um, but in other news, so the Orlando Magic are expected to hire former Portland Trailblazers uh, assistant coach Nate Tibbetts to Jamal Molly's coaching staff. What are your thoughts on this move? Uh, we We've kind of try to you know give out projections of who we would like the Orlando Magic to go after we threw out names like um, like stats um and this is you know the associate head coach for stats um from the Blazers what what are your thoughts on on Nate Tibbetts it's interesting i don't know if it means that stats is completely out of the conversation um given the fact that again he has some history with mostly now with Tibbetts as well so what do that what's what does that all mean um but Taking stats out of the equation, um, Tibbetts is a guy that, again, is, is highly regarded in the NBA as an assistant coach. Um, again, the, the associate head coach for stats in Portland, good experience. Um, and it's known to be another guy that can develop players. That's what he's known for. And I think, again, in Orlando, you're building a young team right now. You want guys like this in your in your team. Um, so, again, I don't similar to mostly a few weeks back, I'm being honest, I don't know much about him, but based on what I've read, it's a guy that can develop guys really, really well. So I think it fits. It fits what we're doing. It fits the new era of Magic Basketball. I just hope, again, that's not like the big name hire that we're going to make. I hope there's more to come and a little more experience. Um, I really hope we get somebody with head coaching experience to add to our bench. Um, and we should find, be finding that out pretty soon. Um, but yeah, that's my basic thoughts on the situation. I, I know he's already working with the Magic. I know today... Um, Matt Lloyd mentioning in the uh, Orlando Magic uh, pod squad that Tibbetts has been working with some players already. 
So while it's not official yet, he kind of threw it out there. So I guess that makes it official. Um, but what about you? What are your thoughts on, on Tibbetts and what he brings to the team? I like it. I think that the the first thing that stands out to me was, you know, the fact that him and Mosley do have a history together. They ended up coaching. Uh, they were on the same coaching staff um, for the Cavaliers from 2011 to 2013. So the fact that, you know, they they have some type of connection already um, makes me feel good because it's I, I was I was a little worried with Mosley being a first time head coach that he wouldn't have a full uh, decision based on who he wanted on his coaching staff. Um, I don't know why I felt that way, but that was a fear. So the fact that, you know, he was really able to pick his guy, I think was great. This is another coach that comes from the player development background, um, which, you know, he's, he's, he was really close, um, in the past for the Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies job a couple years back. Um, and there was a lot of, a lot of players, a lot of teams that were raving about, you know, him being able to also connect with players. Kyrie Irving is a player that, um, uh, really gives a lot of credit, uh, to Tibbetts for, um, being able to develop him. He credits him saying that he wouldn't be the player that he is today if it wasn't for Tibbetts. Um, he is credited a lot for the development of also Dame and CJ. Could Dame and CJ still be an amazing player without Tibbetts? Maybe. Could Kyrie? Maybe. But he still played an intricate role in being able to develop those players. So I, I think it's great. Um, the fact that he's already in Orlando and already working out some of the players, uh, mostly had the same energy. You know, he was barely on the job and he's already on the on the court, on the floor, working out players. And I think stuff like that is important. You want people that are, are willing to, you know, roll up their sleeves and and get in there and, and work with the guys. And I think that when it comes to developing young players, they need that. They they, they look for that. You know, they, they don't want to be yelled at from the sidelines. They don't they don't want some, you know, old geezer in there and, and telling him to do this, because back in the day, I, you know, when I was a. No, <laughs> these are people that are able to go on there and show you exactly what it is. May they may not be NBA players, they may not be former NBA players, but you know, this is someone that that has college experience, this is someone that has international experience, this is someone that knows the game of basketball. Um, and I think that that is really going to translate well with the younger players. Yeah, I like the fact that again, he's young, like you mentioned right now, someone who knows the game, has played the well, has played the game, has been you know a college player so he knows uh the game and i think that's really really important again for these young guys um because like you mentioned uh, yeah you can have a guy there that's 65 years old teaching them things about the past and how basketball was played years ago this young guys unfortunately i don't think they'll listen to that they, 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 it won't help them in any way i think they need guys that can relate to them that are young enough to get on the court with them and work with them and i think that's what's going to really get through them so exciting i think that part of it's definitely exciting yeah, and you mentioned the the pod squad. So it was great that Matt Lloyd was on there because he we we got to hear a you know get a little a little glimpse into the, the world of the front office a little bit. And what was great is that there was speculations this past couple of weeks um that RJ Hampton, you know, grew to six foot seven. He ended up posting something on the story saying that he's six seven now. Um, but we didn't get confirmation. So Matt Lloyd was able to confirm that he did grow a couple inches grew a little bit taller. He didn't say exactly how tall he was now, um, but it was good to hear that we got that confirmation. Um, he also said that Markel Fultz is no longer wearing a knee brace, which I think is amazing. Um, you know, that that injury that he had was a really, really big scare, and the fact that we're at, you know, the point where he's not wearing that knee brace, he's able to walk fine, I think is 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 a great sign, um, you know, for this, for this upcoming season. Um, uh, 
what were some of your takeaways from the Matt Lloyd interview? Yeah, it was really uh, insightful as always, you know, talking about the draft process, where they're really at as a team right now. Um, and pretty much one thing that I took out from it, they said they had a workout to do today, one more on Friday, and then six days pretty much before the draft where they're going to come together as a as a team and pretty much finalize things, see where they're at, see what they've gathered from this workouts, and then also be ready in the event that another player wants to come and work out for the Magic. Maybe one that has said no initially and now maybe they want to. So a lot going on behind the scenes. Um, but the biggest takeaway, like you mentioned, the RJ Hampton news, and Markel Fultz already now wearing a knee brace. Um, for RJ Sorry. Hampton, what that means to me is that he can now play that three position without any issues. He's tall enough, fast enough, athletic enough. He's a small forward if we need him to be. And I think that's what we wanted because at 6'4", you're pretty much limiting him to the two position. He can play some three, but undersized. This makes him legitimately a wing player now, one through three. So that's really, really exciting news for the Magic. Yeah, and um, you know Jeff Wilman has said before that he envisions um, he envisions him playing that three position. The fact that he's a little bit taller, um, like you said, it is going to make it a lot easier. It was fun because we also saw highlights uh, from him. It was him and Dwayne Bacon that played in the Ace League in Orlando, um, just pro am league that they were in, and and it was neat. We were able to see kind of the the little bit of the high difference that we've seen now. Um, but he also had a crazy highlight where he threw a uh, inbounds plane from from half court alley oop to I don't know, I don't know if it was a tie the game or the win the game, but it's a cool highlight that happened this weekend that really stood out to everyone. Yeah, he also hit the at the at the fourth end of the fourth quarter. He hit the three pointer to send it to overtime, and that was a, a leaning three pointer. Um, so again, shooting those mechanics that he's been working on. Uh, that's another thing that Matt Lloyd mentioned too. By the way, he's been seeing uh, RJ Hampton shoot the ball in. In, um, in practice, workouts, and he's looking really, really good. So another great sign. Not only has it grown, but that shot is coming together uh, as we expected to. So that that could be huge for the Magic as well. Yeah, and he, uh, Matt Lloyd also hinted in in thinking that, you know, there there may be some trades happening in this NBA draft. There may be a lot of noise and and a little, a little chaos. A little chaos would be great for the NBA draft. It would be great for, you know, teams who are drafting five and eight. I think so too. <laughs> I think that we all want a little bit of chaos. I mean, we're going to the draft party and I think that we would love to find out there where we're sitting. Hey, the magic made this move, whatever the move is, it's either we moved up or acquired someone out of left field that we don't know about. Um, but he also hinted that um, Jeff and John are making calls. They're starting that process of finding where teams are at, what they're looking for. So one really good example he gave is, think of the trade deadline. All those trades came together smoothly. Fooch first, then Gordon, then Fournier. That wasn't just a day off. Those are trades that he's been talking to these teams about for weeks. For a while. He putting them together. What makes sense? Well, once we pull this trigger, what is the next one going to be? So again, while we're working on prospects, while we're doing all these things, it doesn't mean that we're just drafting a guy at 5 and 8 and 30 and that's it. If the offer comes along that they like, They'll move, you know, Terrence Ross. They'll move a few picks if needed to move up or to acquire a player they like. So I hope we see some chaos that night. And again, that that we can find that out while we're anyway with some fans in the stands. It's gonna be exciting. Yeah. So the magic also had Jonathan Kaminga come in and we had his workout. Um, we saw pictures of of um Alperin Sangon, who was um in Winter Park, kind of hanging out a little bit. Um, what what were your thoughts from the post interview? Um, the the post-workout interview, they, they made him available to the media with um, Jonathan Kaminga. 
Kid has um he has faith in his game. He believes in what he has. Uh, Super confident, right? He's confident. And you want to see that. He said, you know, he is, he can become or he can be a franchise player. And he said, I should be a top five pick. And I think that's what you want to hear from a guy like him. Like, hey, like, you need to believe in yourself first before you go out there and do it. Um, and as a magic team, man, we need a franchise player. We need a guy that can go out there, be that guy, be in the all-star game for a few years. Um, so I was impressed with him. I mean, I think that we know what he is at this point. And I think for the most part, many of us Magic fans want him with a fifth pick. That's kind of the, our target. Um, he said all the right things. So if you ask me, I think he did his job correctly, at least with the media. Yeah, he said that he had a really good workout. Um, his interview was really impressive. I was really impressed by it because he was really, he was cocky. But he was like yep. passive. Also, it was it was amazing. It was it was great to watch. If you haven't watched it, it's a really really good um, interview to watch. He says, "I'm not sure." He says, "Um, I, he saw himself as a franchise player." <clears throat> he also says, "I know for sure that I'm a top five pick, but I'm not worried about that." So he's not worried about where he lands. He knows what he's worth. And then he also spent about two hours with Coach Mosley, which I thought was great. So the mm. fact that he's already spent time with the with the head coach is it's a great sign. Think about this, though, man. Like, we forget about this, but Kaminga was supposed to be the number one pick uh, in his draft class. I know he he relisted, and that's why he's in this draft class, but that tells you everything you need to know. Like, this kid has talent. I get it. He's a raw <laughs> prospect, um, but that's normal, right? Not every prospect that, that comes in the draft is going to be NBA ready, like Cade maybe or Jalen Green maybe. It's okay if it takes a year for them to kind of develop or two, but, I mean, don't forget that. Like, this kid has a ton of potential, Um so I don't know, man. Again, the more I see his tape, the more I hear about him, I'm more sold on that on that fifth pick being him. But then again, as we'll find out here shortly, watching the mock drafts, uh, experts think differently. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and I think it was Philip uh, Rosman Wright from Orlando Magic Daily who had asked him, you know, is the, does he see his age? Um, does he consider? Does he reflect himself as being young, or you mm-hmm. know, kind of, kind of bringing out the fact that he's probably one of the youngest players in the draft? And you know, he he responded by saying, you know, he he doesn't see himself like that. He he sees himself as really mature, um, and sees himself as someone that that can really you know hold his own. Someone else had asked him, <clears throat> who would be more emotional, him or his parents? And he said neither. And we're we're going to accept. We're going to live in the moment. We're going to enjoy it and. You know, we're going to get to work. You know, we're going to get to work right away. So I thought that was great. Yeah. Again, I think he did a great job in the interview. That's for sure. Now, great. We ended up working out Kaminga. We got to get to know him a little bit with this interview. But they are saying that league sources say that the Magic are high on Scotty Barnes with the fifth pick. Just a few moments, we're going to kind of go over the different mock drafts. But are, are you buying or selling that? Do you really believe that the Magic are that high? Uh, Scotty Barnes with the fifth pick that they they will pass on Jonathan Kaminga. I don't believe it personally. I think that it could be smokescreen. It could be the Magic kind of saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna take him. We're gonna take him. We're gonna take him." And it could just be something where they're trying to get a team to either trade up with them and, and they can flip that pick. I'm not sure, but I don't I don't believe it, man. I think that if the Magic made that move, I I'll understand it why they're doing it. Again, Barnes is a really good prospect, but based on our team needs. You gotta go somehow, some way into some offense. You gotta get a guy that has some potential to score the ball and average, you know, 50 to 20 points a night. And to me, that's Kaminga. Um, Barnes, as good as he's gonna be, I can't see him scoring 20 points a night anytime soon in the NBA, if ever. 
again, I see him being that Draymond Green type, a guy that can be really, really fun to watch on defense. He's going to be emotional, <clears throat> but he's not going to bring you that offensive side of things. And the Magic needs someone that can do that. Maybe not now, but at some point in the near future. If this is his agent that's kind of like pushing the narrative out, like this dude deserves agent of the year because literally just about every single platform that we've seen at one point or another has listed Scotty Barnes at the five. That's right. And I've, at the between the the I, I've seen him as high as third. So yep. between like third and six. Um, and somehow the fan base is not having that whatsoever. There's a very, very small number that is saying that they would take him that high, um, which kind of begs the question. What if, because there's also talks that Jonathan Kaminga may be falling, how would you like a Scotty Barnes five and Jonathan Kaminga eight scenario? We talked about this yesterday a little bit on Twitter. It was a little debate going on. Um, yep. Jonathan Wiserman from Bleacher Report in his latest mock draft um, has Barnes and Kaminga heading to Orlando. I mean, you, that gives you... That gives you two really, really solid forwards. Two guys that, again, are projected to be five and six in the draft. Every single mock draft you see, for the most part, has them one after each other. So you get two really, really solid players. I personally wouldn't be a fan of that move. I just think that you got J.I., you got Chuma, you would have one of them too, Barnes or Kuminga. Those are three solid guys that need a lot of minutes. You know, So how do you make four of those guys work? next season right away and get them enough time to develop and play right away. I don't see that happening. Um, I've always said it all along. I want the team to go for offense. So Kaminga maybe, and then, or Barnes, whichever you decide to do with a fifth, but that eighth pick has got to be more of a three point shooter, or it's got to be somebody who can score the ball. Book Knight, Moody, someone like that. If I, I mean, I don't know. That's just my perspective on it. Yes. You would have to great guys, but how do you make it work right away? I like Book Knight. I like Moses Moody. Do I think that the Magic needs to go after one of them with one of our draft picks? Absolutely. But I think that it'd be really difficult for us not to take Kaminga and Barnes scenario serious if that landed on our lap. Mm-hmm. You you have two bullets in the chamber that that could potentially be, you know, elite level players. You really don't know. And I think that when it comes to acquiring talent, because you you brought up a really good point, what are we going to do with so many forwards? In my opinion, we're, we're no, we, we can't worry about that right now. We have to worry about the fit later. Our job right now, the front office job right now, is to be able to acquire as much talent as possible. And I think that based on where we're at, so we didn't get the first pick, we didn't get the second, the third, the fourth. You know, it is what it is. We're at five and eight. If they land on your lap and they are available, I just find it really, really, really difficult for us to be able to say, "Nah, let's not, let's not do that. Let's let's go get some shooters." Which I mean, is what we should do. Yeah, I I would agree with you. It's what we should do, but it would just be really, really hard for me personally to pass on both Barnes and Kaminga. The only way I I would be okay with that is if you as a GM as a coach know that hey, Kaminga can play the three, and Okiki's spending all summer developing small forward skills so that he can be a small forward 100% next season. Because we know already J.I. tried the whole playing the three thing with A.G. and that didn't really work out too much. Yeah. In my mind, J.I. is a four. So if you say to myself, hey, Barnes is going to be a four behind J.I. next season and you got Okiki and Kaminga controlling the three, I'm cool with that. That that makes sense. 
But if you're saying to me, all these dudes are better off playing the four, now we'll go back to the days of having J.I. and A.G. together, fighting for minutes and knowing that the fit is really their fours, playing the three or whatever it may be. So you got to be sure of that because otherwise then we have a ton of guys in our roster that need minutes, need development, but yet we have a bunch of dudes fighting for minutes that are not going to get the experience they need to be those stars that we're hoping they become. But that's also why versatility is so important. Yeah, Jonathan Isaac, it's his best place opponent is at is at four. He can't play three to five. Mm-hmm. Chuma Kiki can't play three and four. Uh, Jonathan Kamiga can't play three and four. Scotty Barnes can play one through five. Yep. You know, so so the fact that you know they're they're able to do a lot of different things and they're not just stuck at you know one solid position. Um, I think that when you talk about fit, it may allow for that to kind of transition a lot easier than people are thinking. Um, but, but again, if, if that ends up happening, you know, it's not, it's not a bad outcome for it. When, when we're comparing kind of how our reaction was for the NBA lottery, you know, compared to then finding out that we end up getting, you know, Kaminga and Barnes, it's not, it's not a bad outcome at all. No, not at all. I mean, it, no matter what you do, if you do, if you do get Kuminga or Barnes at the fifth, and then you get a guy like Moody or Bugnay at the, the eight, or this scenario, again, it's better than what we expected for sure. Yeah. So now, just kind of going through the uh, the different mock drafts that we've been keeping an eye on, the Athletic has the Orlando Magic selecting Barnes and Alperen and Sangoon. Am I saying that right? I have no idea if I'm saying the same I, right. I'm gonna I'm gonna say you are, but I'm not sure. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Appreciate you, Al. Sports Illustrated has Barnes and Keon Johnson. Bleacher Report, we had mentioned already that it's Barnes and Kaminga. The Ringer has us getting Barnes and Davion Mitchell. I don't understand why Davion Mitchell. I, I don't get that at all. Um, CBS Sports, Barnes and Book Night. NBC Sports, Barnes and Johnson. Then Yellow Sports with Barnes, Keon Johnson. And then last but not least, NBA Draft.net, Kaminga and Johnson. Based on the different mock drafts that we found, what would be your ideal scenario? Which one tell you and, and you know what? I'll take that back. Not your ideal scenario. Which one do you see is more realistic? So I'm gonna hit you with the one that it's not realistic at all in my mind, which probably is what the magic will do, just because that's a, that's the way they do that's, things. That's the way they that's the way they Sports operate. Sports illustrated, Barnes and Keon Johnson. Like, if that's your draft, I get it. Ton of athleticism, solid defense, I'll cry. length. I'll cry. Man, like they, those guys are magic players. Just be based on length and athleticism, but man, I would be, I'd be pissed, just because you're bringing in two guys that can defend, that can jump really high and run fast, but cannot shoot or score at all. So let me start with that. Now, my favorite scenario, or the most realistic one. Oh man, and this list is tough because every, everything's Barnes. Um, Literally everything is Barnes. Barnes. The Athletic, Sports Illustrated, Bleacher Report, Ringer, CBS, NBC, Yahoo Sports. Every single one of these mock drafts has the Orlando Magic selecting Scotty Barnes. Which tells me that's that's not going to happen because, again, the Magic don't leak anything, so they're just guessing at this point, I'm going to guess. But if I had to guess, I'm going to go with Kaminga and Johnson, NBA Draft.net. That may be the most realistic one. Kaminga can score a little bit like we talked about before. Fits that potential all-star uh thing that we need in, the, in our team. And then Johnson is a guy that I could see the Magic reaching for with the eighth if they get an offensive guy like Kaminga with the fifth. Um, so I think the most realistic one out of this list would be Kaminga and Johnson, even though, again, if you have Moody on the board and you have Bugna on the board, 
those will be my guys first. They, I, I know a lot of people were even talking about, man, if, if you, if you have the fifth pick and um, it, so you really have to decide because book Knight is a player that has been climbing in the draft boards. Some people think he's falling. It's it, nobody is on the same page, mm-hmm. um, but there's, there's speculation that he won't be available at eight. What I hope that the magic end up doing is I, I'm at the point where I'm, I'm open. I'm not setting no expectations. I did that for the lottery. It hasn't worked out. The last five years when it came to the NBA draft, the Orlando Magic front office and and Anthony have not been on the same page. We've been on completely opposite ends. All right. Um, I just hope that if there is a player that they like at five, if there's a player that they like at eight, regardless of what these mock drafts are saying, Regardless if they feel like Book Knight should be 11 and 12, regardless of the, if the ringer is saying that Moses Moody is, should should be number 21, like regardless of what any of these mock drafts say, if the Magic feels so confident with the player that they like, I hope they go after him at five. That's all I ask. I ask that they, they are 100% confident with their pick at five. So when I say that, I say that when I say that if they decide – that they want to get, you know, Moses Moody at five. I'm a okay with that. If they want to get Book Knight at five. I am a okay with that. I'm. I actually I endorse it, just because <laughs> I'm not. I'm not fully sold on on Jonathan Kaminga. I like Jonathan Kaminga. I hope we we get him at five. But I'm not 100 percent sold on him. I'm not sold on Scotty Barnes. Matter of fact, I would prefer. And this is crazy because when we did the um. The reaction video on Scotty Barnes. I was sold on Scotty. Yep. A couple of weeks later, I'm I'm starting <laughs> to fall off the wagon a little bit. And I would prefer if you don't get Jonathan Kaminga and everyone's talking about Scotty Barnes, I wouldn't mind the magic, you know, drafting James Book Knight or Moses Moody at five over Scotty. But that's me. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it if they reach for a guy like Book Knight at five. Again, he's a guy that he's a type of player that we need. And we've heard him multiple times. He may be the second best shooting guard in the draft. Um, so yeah, we all wanted Jalen Green. That was a guy that we are we're still we're still drooling for here in Orlando. We're like hoping some miracle happens between now and next Thursday and that we end up getting him. But if you don't, and you see that Buck Knight has that type of talent, he has that skill to or that ceiling at the very least. He may not reach it right away, but he has a ceiling to be a guy like uh, Mitchell from Utah or something like that. You say, hey, he's got that potential. Get him at five. I wouldn't hate it. And again, as a Magic fan, I would actually, like you said, I would appreciate it because, again, we, that's what we need. We're drafting for need at that at that point if we do that. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be exciting. And I think, again, nobody knows what's going to happen. Um, I'm like you. I'm, I'm taking it as I'm not planning anything. I'm not expecting anything. I'm showing up to Magic Drafts party next week. And whatever happens, happens. I'm trusting the front office. We have no choice. Yeah, I got to go into it with an open mind because um, when when you set expectations, that's where that's where the beginning of heartache and heartbreak happens. That's so right. Open mind, open mind. Now let's get into some of uh, some of the mailbags. Um, so this question comes from Joshua Richard nineteen underscore, where he asks if Suggs and Mobley drop to five, who are you taking? Now, in order for this to happen, obviously someone out of the top five would have to fall um, into. That top five, so a player like Scotty Barnes. If Suggs and Mobley drop to five, who would you select out of between the two of them? 
So this would mean that maybe Cleveland drafted Kuminga really high at three and Barnes yep. went to Toronto or something like that. Okay. Yep. So in this scenario, man, it's tough because um, <clears throat> I'll make it easy for myself. I'll draft Jalen Suggs just because, again, based on what we talked about earlier, we got already big guys. We have forwards. We have centers that I like and that I think have potential in our team. Um, Suggs could be a guy that can play right away playmaker with Cole Anthony until Markel comes back. When Markel comes back, he's a guy that can play the two. And again, he's, he's a killer, man. Like you saw what he did in, in his college days. He's an amazing, amazing player. So I I personally take sucks. How about you? Um, I, w- I would take a shot on Mobley. The Magic have, if you take a look at all the success that the Magic have had, um, you know, they, they've always been able to be successful with, with a big man. Uh, Dwight Howard, Shaquille O'Neal, Nikola Vucevic, um, we've always managed to somehow get a top five center in the league. It's just kind of how it how it's happened for us. We take a look at what we have. Is Mo Bamba top five center in the league? Is Wendell Carter Jr.? Maybe, maybe given the opportunity, now they now we're we're putting together a coaching staff that's all about you know development, and maybe we might have that. Um, but you have a player in Evan Mobley that you know for a fact has the skills to be able um to do that to have that and i think that it'd be really really hard um to to pass up on evan mobley who's projected to be a top three pick if if evan mobley falls then there's no way that you can say no to that um and as much as i i like Jalen suggs i'm just i'm not going to say that i'm more of a a bigger fan of the guards that we have um but i'm invested you know, I'm I'm definitely rooting for them more. I'm rooting for the success of Cole Anthony, R.J. Hampton, Markel Fultz, and I don't want anything to to hurt that development. Um, but again, at the same time, you you have to draft best player available, and I think that if it's between Suggs and Mobley, I think Mobley is that best player available. Yeah, makes opinion. sense. I, I wouldn't hate it. I, I'm actually at the point that if we do trade up to three, let's say. And Mobley still wants us there because Jalen Green went to Houston in this scenario. I would be okay with Mobley. So it's funny how I would be okay with us trading up and getting Mobley. But if he drops, I would choose Sucks. I'm weird like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm also okay with us just trading up and for the second pick in the draft and just drafting Jalen Green. I'm 100% okay with that. All right, so this next one comes from uh, Ben the Magic fan. He asks, is there a possibility we could go back into the playoffs this year? I wouldn't think the playoffs. I would go as far as maybe the play-in tournament. Um, Again, if everything clicks for us, um, I can see that happening. The Magic played really, really well last season um, when the team was healthy, even after the trades. Uh, And mind you, again, we didn't have J.I. Markel. So when you think about this season – Yes, we're possibly adding a rookie or two or three. Who knows? But we're also adding two young guys to our team that didn't play last year, Markel Fultz and J.I. Um, and on top of that, there'll be some free agent moves. And then on top of that, guys like Terrence Ross and Gary Harris, he found the roster as veterans of the team, are guys that can contribute and play really well for our team uh, with these young guys. So if everything clicks for us and goes well, I can see us playing at least in the playing tournament. Um, I don't think the playoffs, I don't see us being a top six seed but seven, eight, nine, ten, I can see that happening. Yeah, at playoffs, playoffs is hard, man. 
I, it's it's hard for me to see it. The East is also getting better. I get that we have young, talented players, um, but it's a brand new coaching system. It's a brand new, um, uh, brand new coaches, brand new system. Adding rookies to that, you know that that's all stuff that takes time for it to kind of come together. I would love to see a playing tournament. I would love to see the playoffs, but playing tournament, I think, is is would be best case scenario um with with the roster that we have um and, and if you haven't checked out check out orlandomagichq.com kieran comes out um one of our writers um with an article discussing exactly this topic um i i think that could it happen yes is it likely probably not am i rooting for it 100 percent. i'm really really tired of of us kind of you know, it's it's the lottery, man. We get heartbroken in the lottery. We get heartbroken in the draft. There's a lot of heartbreak. <laughs> I, I want to get to the point that our players are developed. Get to the point that you know we're we're playing well, and we're really honing in on the core that we have, and we don't have to worry about you know the the lottery as much. And whatever's added is just an added bonus. Right That's now, right. the way that we're looking at the draft is, man, we really need this to work out. Like it, it has to work out. Um, and, and I think that, you know, we're, we're a lot closer than what people think, but I just don't think that we're there yet. I think so too. Yeah. All right. So now, now we're going to put, we're going to put it in, in some cement. All right. We're going to, this is the last episode before our, before the NBA draft. So we're going to, we're going to finalize our predictions. All right. Al, you ready? Um, I've been waiting for this since we started recording. Let's do this. <laughs> do the Orlando Magic make a trade on or before the draft? The Magic hold on to the fifth, the eighth, and the 33rd pick. The Magic end up drafting three players from this draft. That's three brand new rookies that you're adding to an already very, very young team. Do the Magic end up making a trade before the draft? If I this is actually a bet that I'm hoping they, they play somewhere in one of these betting websites because I would bet on this all day long and that would be a yes. The magic will make a trade. Um, I'm truly hoping it's a major trade, and that means either we trade it up to get a guy like Jalen Green or we trade it for a guy a vet that we are not even hearing about, a guy that can score off the bench, whatever it may be. So that's my light, like my hoping scenario. Let's get Jalen Green or a vet that we don't know anything about right now. But I could see a trade where we just trade the eighth pick or the 33rd um, along with a guy like Terrence Ross or, or Gary Harris. Um, somebody mentioned a rumor about the Magic maybe getting um, Buddy healed uh, in, in some sort of scenarios, which I don't, I don't want that. But again, there's rumblings out there. And I, again, I 100% don't think the Magic will bring in three rookies next season. So I expect the trade for sure to happen um, before or at the draft. Yeah, I, I see something happening. Um, will it be major? Maybe yes, maybe no. Josh Robinson had an amazing article um, where he put together some NBA trade packages to try to get the Orlando Magic to move up one, two, and three, and then asked writers from those respective teams if they would do the deal. And it really just turned out to you know us just getting turned down left and right. Yeah, it's just it's just we it, it's very difficult to see these teams really really trade. <clears throat> trading out of of the top three so i i don't i see us trading if we do make a trade will it be for a young player maybe could it be for uh trading back down possibly also but in this scenario you're, you're thinking for sure we'll make a trade though that's that's your your take on it 
Yeah, that, that, I can't. I can't see us really adding three rookies to this team. Mm-mm. I can't. Me neither. That that it's truthfully, in my opinion, it would, it would even be like unfair to the young players that we have on our roster already. In, I in think so opinion. too. All right, if the Magic trade up, who will they draft? It's between Mobley or Jalen Green for me. Um, again, Mobley's a guy that, in my opinion, fits what the Magic look for in a big guy. Uh, athletic, length, athleticism, plays good defense. And he's actually pretty solid on the offensive end as well. So I could see them being entertained by that idea. Um, and, of course, Jalen Green, I think, is, is the ideal guy. I think that's the guy they had circled down along with Cade when they went on a losing streak and they wanted to tank. It's because they wanted one of those two guys, either Green or Cade. Um, so I think if they can get Green or Mobley, they'll be really, really happy. Um, those are my assumptions. Those are the guys that they will draft if they trade up. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna put my, <clears throat> my prediction out there. It's probably a wild prediction. I'm probably completely off, but I see Jalen Green going number one. There's a lot of rumors on that. I, I see. Lot. I don't know. I don't know why it could be. It could be completely off. But I have. I have that feeling. Uh, the way that I always saw it is, if we drafted Jalen Green, if we were able to get the second lottery pick, that gain, getting Jalen Green uh, would be just as good as getting Kate Cunningham. I opinion. think so too. I think so too. All right. <clears throat> so if one of the top four projected players drop for the Magic to draft at five, who will it be? Mm, man, I could be. Uh, th- I mean, that's an easy one. I think Jalen Suggs is the only guy that I can see possibly dropping. Uh, there's rumors of the drafters showing interest in drafting uh, Barnes with the fourth pick. We've heard about Kaminga going to Cleveland, maybe. Um, so Suggs, I think, maybe the, the odd man out in that scenario where he may drop to the Magic at five, and I wouldn't hate it if that happened. I think if we take a look at the the top four, a player that I believe could possibly drop would be Evan Mobley. But again, it's it's hard to say because when we take a look at the top four, um, outside of Cade and, and Jalen Green, um, you know, Cleveland, if they decide to segue with Colin Sexton, it, it makes sense for them to to draft Evan Mobley. And then for Toronto, you know, we really don't know what, what they're going to end up doing with Kyle Lowry. There's a lot of predictions that he's not going to be in the in, in a Raptors uniform next season. You know, it would make sense for them to to draft a replacement in in Jalen Suggs. Um, but if I had to choose one, um, just my my guess would be Evan Mobley. That, that I mean, that would mean that then Cleveland, Toronto, like pass on them. Which again, you make a good point. I can see that world happening where where that happens. Um, but I mean, that would make a ton of Magic fans happy and the Magic themselves really happy if that if that were to happen. Yeah, I, I think that it really does depend um, because there was a lot of talks with um, Cleveland really liking Jonathan Kaminga. So if if Cleveland decided to draft Jonathan Kaminga at three, you know that would be wild. Um, if something crazy in Toronto decided to draft Scotty Barnes, that would be wild. I, I think that there's there's I have a feeling that there's going to be something that happens that's going to end up surprising a lot of people, whether that be a a players falling in the draft whether that be a massive trade happening i i do hope for and i believe that there's going to be some type of chaos what is it i don't know i'm hoping how crazy would it be if cleveland drafted jonathan kaminga just not crazy at all mess up the whole entire top five not crazy at all I, i just envision i envision just everyone's in their war rooms and everyone's expected cade 
Jalen, Evan to go to Cleveland, and then Cleveland is up, and then they end up just saying, oh, we're going to wing it, just Jonathan Kaminga. And now everyone is like scrambling, papers flying in the air. <laughs> Everyone's trying to trying to do damage control to figure out what what they end up doing. Dude, that would be insane. That that would throw every. I mean, the Raptors will go crazy because now all of a sudden their their plan changes. All of all of a sudden, their magic will go crazy. Okay, see, so it creates chaos, and that's I think what Matt Lloyd meant. It's like it could be a draft pick or it could be a trade that just throws off the entire draft. Um, it's gonna be exciting. It's gonna be really really exciting. All right, so who will the Magic put in cement right now? Who will the Magic draft with the fifth pick? If things go as planned, I'm going to go with Kuminga. I think the Magic, it's too good of a chance to pass up. Like I said earlier, a guy that was projected to be the number one pick in his draft class, a guy that has a bit more offensive firepower than a guy like Barnes. It's too many what-ifs with Barnes at this moment. Um, so you play it safe with that fifth pick. You go with Kaminga. Um, who do I want? Definitely Jonathan Kaminga. Um, who do I think? Scotty Barnes. Mm. Yeah, he's just, he's an Orlando Magic player. Seven foot three wingspan. Versatile. Can play one through five. Energetic. Good character. He's, he's everything that the Orlando Magic liked to draft. You know, last year we were we were kind of shocked that we ended up drafting Cole Anthony, and that was kind of out of the realm. Um, what are the chances of them doing that again? You know, um, so Jonathan Kaminga um, would be my pick. James Book Knight, if they drafted James at five, I would not be mad. Uh, Moses Moody would not be mad um, because we do need offense. We do we do need shooting, um, and that that would definitely be, um, in my opinion, something to be excited about for sure. Um, who will the Magic draft eight? Eight. Um, if mean, they I make mean, that pick. I know, your, I know your response. I mean, you do, but then you don't, because what if Moody's not there or Bugnight's not there? So it kind of yeah, throws itself right. That's, and that's exactly what I meant by I know, because the first player that you mentioned yeah. is Moses Moody. So if, again, if things go as planned, I'm, I'm going to go with the fact that, hey, things just went down like, like we thought they would in the draft. Nothing changed. And they're there, Moody or Bugnight. I can't decide which one, honestly. I think it's, it's a toss-up at this moment. Um, Moody's more of a short thing, more of a role player, a guy that you, again, next season's going to hit threes and play good defense. You know that for sure. Book nice a kid, however, much like Cole Anthony, I keep comparing the two a lot, that can have a solid rookie season, can score the ball really well, and down the road could be the better player. So whoever they go with, I would trust, but I think it would come down to Moody, or book night if they're available at number eight. Yeah, I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that if the Magic end up drafting whoever it is that they want at five, that book night is still available at eight for them to draft. I like Moses Moody a lot, also, um, but I think that James Book Knight is just he's he's a walking bucket. He's someone that you can, you are able to implement right away and can really really score the ball, create his own shot, athletic. Um, I think that Moses Moody, um, he's more of a, a, a catch-and-shoot type of player, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't think you can go wrong with either or. But I I, I do think that James Booknight uh, would definitely kind of fit um, the Orlando Magic more, in my opinion. You you even see Cole Anthony that's a big fan of James Booknight. I yeah. think that if you, if you give him a vote, that he's kind of leaning towards that direction also. Oh, I think so, too. And, I mean, if you... 
walk out of Amboy that night saying, hey, we picked up Kuminga and Book Knight. I'm That's, excited, man. I'm excited. Yeah. It's two it's, guys uh, that have potential. Not only, again, Kuminga has it on both ends of the floor, but offensively you made the right moves and again that's what we need so if that's the way that we end the draft with those two guys i would be thrilled and now again missing out on the top two pick but getting two solid rookies it's a win 100 100 so less than a week away from the nba draft so many different things that can happen um we dropped our predictions. Definitely make sure that if you're on YouTube or you're you're sending us messages and comments, you send us your prediction. Also, um, man, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be wild, man. We're, we'll definitely be out in downtown for the NBA draft um, party um, at the Amway, and uh, it's gonna be fun, man. Let's see what, what ends up happening. Al, it's a wrap, man. Till next time. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast the voice of magic fans follow us on twitter and instagram at the ozone pod and remember to subscribe and leave a five-star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms